right, how is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to innovative founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I am very, very excited to be talking to Avi, who is the co-founder of Hutsi. Welcome to the show. How is it going? Hello. Thank you. It's it's really good. So we just moved back to New York, uh, settling in uh, and continuing to work on the business. Nice, nice. I'm curious, are you involved in the New York tech scene at all? Or what's it? Uh, yeah, you are. So cool. So tell me a little yeah, bit yeah, about yeah. it. I know very little about the tech scene outside <laughs> of the big companies, you know? Yeah, no, it's really interesting. So we went to NYU. We graduated from NYU in May, which means that we were part of NYU's startup ecosystem. Uh, we also took part in a couple of the um, startup events that happened across the city. Uh, one of my favorites is Founders Friday. So it's just kind of this Hulo organization uh, run by just a couple of folks, and they invite founders um, that they have connections to, and then they just send invites out by emails to whoever signs up. Uh, they pick a place in the city, and every Friday in the mornings, they gather a bunch of folks to listen to uh, people talk. It's a, it's a really nice way to network, um, hear about founders' experiences, and just kind of get stay involved in the city. That's awesome. I, uh, the last time I went to New York was two years ago. My girlfriend took me to visit, and we walked probably 10 miles a day on average. It was crazy. But yeah. damn, what a city, man. What a city. Well, cool. Well, inside of New York, you're building your startup, Hutsey. So let's yeah. kind of talk about what is Hutsey and uh, how does it work? Yeah, so Hutsey is better home buying. The way we started this was because previously we were building automation software for real estate agents. We spent about two years doing that. We worked with uh, over 200 agents, closed 3,000 homes, which were worth about $600 million in property. So we have a lot of experience in the industry. The thing that bothered us the most was the... Uh, uh, incentives in, incentives that were misaligned. So brokerages don't have an incentive to work directly with the home buyer to make their experience better. And agents don't have enough profit margins to directly work on the tech aspect of it or to just provide more services to the home buyer. So we decided it would be kind of amazing to align all of those uh, through and through so that the home buyer is happy, the agent is happy, and the company is making money as well. Got it. Uh, so you're changing the the way in which kind of real estate uh, kind of like operates. So let's talk about it from two perspectives. So sure. I I am a a individual living in one of your markets, and I want to yeah. buy a home. Paint the user experience for me as someone looking to buy a home, landing on Hutsey.co. Yeah, sure. So generally how you would go about buying a home is you might search for a home on Zillow or Realtor.com. At that point, you will reach out to one of the agents listed on the website or you'll use one of your agents recommended by friends and family. Um, most agents, as much as they try to do a really good job, you know, uh, the average agent is 54 years old. They might not be as tech savvy. Um, and honestly, they might not have the resources enough to make your uh, experience better which means that now you're going to have to run into a lot of redundancy 
difficulties with back and forth communication, documents that might be offline. So what we're trying to do is uh, pair amazing agents that we find in your neighborhood, uh, find you know lenders, title companies, uh, inspectors, that whole chain of uh, people that you will be interacting in a home buying process so that it's super streamlined and then also give you a digital dashboard so you can manage all your documents, um, details, communication. So you get the best of both worlds. Got it. So this is interesting because I'm going to mention a couple of companies that like they could be your competitors. They might not be like, I don't exactly sure. know, but we're going to find out. Like there's a lot of companies that like open door, for example, that like yeah. kind of ma manage the process for you. Like they buy your home and, and that model has been blown up by so many companies, but it sounds, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of sounds like you're trying to just make the old model a lot easier and better. Is that kind of, is is that your angle? Is that your kind of wedge? And if not, please educate me. Yeah. So no, it's really interesting. So real estate, um, maybe I can give you a little bit of a flash history of real estate um, just for the audience as well. So um, the big wave of real estate came in the mid 2000s with um, Zillow, Trulia and Redfin. Right. So they, they were kind of the first uh, tech real estate companies that were changing the way that you interact with buying a home. Um, what they were really successful with is being able to change how we find homes. So for the first time in 2017, the majority of home buyers found that homes online. Right. This means that the role of an agent is changing before an agent used to be someone who used to tell you and inform you about properties. But now we already have access to that information. So what we want an agent to do more is advise us and guide us through the uh, investment decision, the emotional decision. It is a it is a tedious journey. Um, we are putting down a lot more money now than before in homes, and uh, we want to make sure that it's the right choice that we're making. Right. So um, it's almost. Um, what we're seeing is that the role of an agent is kind of converting towards someone who's kind of like a financial advisor and, uh, and, and a navigator through the process rather than just an information provider. Um, then the second wave came with Compass uh, and Open Door in the early uh, 2010s. And they were able to basically um, rebrand uh, agents and the way that you would buy or sell homes, right? Um, right now, in the past two years, that's again a new wave of real estate, what I like to call the third wave of real estate. Um, there are a bunch of new startups in the space. Um, the big one in the Bay Area that you might have seen a ton of ads for uh, is Zero Down. So they allow you to um, buy a home without a down payment. Um, and, uh, and the way that I would generalize the third wave of uh, home buying startups is uh, with access and uh, affordability. So allowing more people to buy homes in a simpler manner. Um, for us, our angle is we haven't actually seen that many players focus on the buying side of things. Um, so even with Open Door, the iBuying model, um, they primarily help you sell a home quicker. And then as a result, you know, with buying, you can buy a little bit easier because they now own the property, right? But that's a, that limits your inventory. Right? They can only do this with X number of homes. So what we want to do is we want to help you buy a home with any home on the market and we want to make it better. So we, we're trying to go for the larger market directly. So I don't think I've ever heard a more succinct but descriptive uh, kind of a, a overview of the real estate market in the last 15 years. That was super helpful. I'm probably going to take like a little yeah. snippet and share that <laughs> so, people, so people can learn. So that's sure. awesome. I'm curious, what do you think, uh, like real estate, 
is a market that is very big because a lot of people own homes, a lot of people buy homes and offices. It's massive. And something that I wonder is I see all these companies getting into the space that are maybe copies of old companies. Then you got newer models, which is kind of like what you're doing. But I'm kind of curious, like, is there ever a point where there's the market is saturated of, of companies or will there always be big more opportunity because it's one of the biggest markets out there? Yeah, so it, it honestly is one of the biggest markets uh, in the nation, right? Which means that there's trillions of dollars in it, even in just residential real estate. Um, this means that not only can you just have so many more players, but you can have so many players um, being multi-billion dollar companies. What's interesting is that even with the biggest names that you can think of out there, like Rilogy that owns most of the uh, traditional brokerages that you could think of, um, then you have Compass and you have Opendoor, um, and then you have Zillow. So all of these companies, all of them um, are less than $10 billion worth in valuation, right? And this means that they just own a tiny portion of the entire market, right? So the majority of market is super fragmented. Um, and especially with the home buying um, agent side of things, most of it is still uh, being run by mom and pop shops of brokerages, right? So there's actually a huge opportunity here. The way that I like to think about this is, um, you know, since the financial crisis in 2008, there's just been uh, a huge rise in fintech companies. I think now is the time for real estate companies, just the way that we've seen with disruption in the fintech space. I think the retech space is the next big thing. Definitely, uh, definitely. Well, I want to dive a little deeper into the details, mainly because I, because so I'm a ghostwriter. Often, like I, I write blog posts for companies, and I had a couple of clients that that were real estate companies. So I actually like know this market kind of well, but because I don't know it super well, I want to ask you like some questions to help me learn a little more. Sure. So, so one of these, one of the kind of the catch lines or taglines of these companies are, hey, like the the agent is taking too much of a commission, so we will kind of cut out the agent. Um, I'm curious, is this happening around the board? And is it kind of like what you do too? Or do you augment agents? And you look like, I, I get, can you talk about the agent for me? Because it's like this realm yeah, yeah, that yeah. is really confusing to me. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. So we actually, uh, that was the first blog article that we wrote was uh, uh, kind of the changing role of an agent in real estate. Uh, what's really interesting is, um, like you said, a lot of players in the market are trying to remove the agents. Uh, they have tried that even to the extent that Zillow initially thought about removing agents, but then they realized that they needed to work with agents to build um, a good product that will stick in the market, right? Um, at the end of the day, 93% of all home buyers still want an agent with them. Um, this makes sense. If you're dropping a million dollars on a home, you want to make sure that it, uh, you're making the right choice for yourself. So, you know, maybe in the next five to 10 years, maybe agents will go away. I can't speak for sure, but the way that things are right now, they are definitely staying. So even with us, the way that we work, we augment the role of a, uh, hello, can you still hear me? Okay, yeah. So um, even right now, we augment the role of an agent. Uh, what we do is we automate a lot of their backend. So they get to focus on building that relationship with you uh, as the home buyer. And we also take over customer acquisition for them. So they don't have to sit in front of a computer, um, you know, working on Facebook ads, trying to reply emails, right? They get to be on the field, showing you homes, you know, talking to you. We take care of all the boring work. So they're happy, we're happy, and the home buyer is happy too. It almost sounds like a parallel to a totally separate industry, but still 
I kind of see the similarities of Atrium. Have you, are you familiar with Atrium? Yeah, the, 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 the law firm, they kind of take out all the, they use technology to take out all the, the boring work for the lawyer so they can just focus on more client time. And it sounds like you're, you're doing the same. You're augmenting these agents to be spending more time on what they want to spend on, which allows more uh, kind of talking to more people, which means they get paid more. So that's super smart. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's actually how we pitched ourselves for uh, Y Combinator's demo day as Atrium for Real Estate. Um, so yeah, totally. Nice. It's Why really I sharp with you to draw, uh, draw the parallel. Yeah, well, I kind of, although I live in Phoenix, I am pretty, pl I'm pretty clued in and plugged in. And I think uh, like to what's going on in SF and I, and I like it because when I talk about uh, when I talk about kind of just tech in Phoenix, I always like to like teach people things. I just like largely because of this podcast, honestly, but also because I just I, uh, Twitter and stuff. It's just it's it's fun knowing what's going on and being able to uh, draw those parallels. So I appreciate it. So you mentioned that you, uh, you that's how you pitch yourself for the Y Combinator demo day. I'm just kind of curious. I'd love to hear how was Y Combinator. What was what was it like? And is it as like kind of can you unpaint some of the mysterious elements that that it paints around it itself yeah no so uh, it was a really uh, interesting experience for us um in many ways so we were one of the first uh, early decision companies so they had rolled out a program for the first time with our batch where college students college seniors could apply to y combinator um in november uh, so the winter right before, and then we would go in the summer batch. So it will allow us to stay in college. Um, but if we get in, you know, we don't have to worry about applying for jobs, um, you know, finding internships and so on. So it was actually an amazing opportunity. Um, you know, we got in, we were super excited. It also gave us extra time to continue working on the uh, company, trying to figure out exactly what we wanted to do. Um, and I think what's also interesting is with a lot of the early decision companies, um, we did end up pivoting from what we had initially applied to YC for. Uh, I think they are placing a lot of emphasis on moving fast and learning from what you could do and where you could be. Um, I think succinctly how I describe Y Combinator is having a co-founder that has the experience of having gone through thousands of startups. So a lot of the mistakes that you would make, um, you just, you know, it's like you text them and they're like, yeah, don't do that, do this instead. And it's not things that you would think of just because you just don't have that experience um, as an individual. Right, so it's it's just, it's just an amazing opportunity. I learned so much, amazing people. Yeah, I uh, that that's awesome. I mean, I've been a consumer of a lot of their just free content ever since how to start a startup in 2014 with the Sam's uh, Sam Altman's thing, and it's just such high quality content on startups, and they're just doing so so much good for the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, cool. Well, kind of on that same realm, uh, you. You know, you just came out of you came out of YC. You saw a bunch of other companies in YC. You, uh, you're in New York, which is which is one of the top tech hubs in in the country. I'd love to hear um, what are some just companies or technologies or movements or just things happening in the world right now that you spend your time thinking about, whether it's real estate related or not. Yeah, so the maybe I can give you a couple of uh, you know friends that I've made through YC that um, uh, I'll give it a shout out to. So uh, in real estate space, does rent the backyard, 
So uh, you actually did interview Spence uh, and that was, so Spence and Brian were uh, early decision as well. We uh, hung out with them almost every weekend. Uh, you know, they're trying to basically allow you to make a little bit more money on your housing and also increase affordable uh, housing in the Bay. Um, and another company that I'm really passionate about is REN, Project REN. So they allow you to offset your carbon emissions um, as kind of a subscription. Uh, they target both consumers and also um, uh, employee benefits. So uh, as a corporation, uh, you could do that for your employees. Um, I think, uh, you know, even as YC, uh, as having gone through YC, I do notice that they're paying more and more attention to social impact, um, be it affordability or the environment or healthcare. Um, and I think it's really important, right? That when you put a bunch of smart people in the room, um, you could either put them to work on problems that would just make people money or it would uh, make people's lives better. And I think choosing the, the latter is always the better option. The, absolutely. I remember when, I think it must have been a couple of years ago, but Sam Altman wrote this, like, or it might not have been him. It might've just been YC in general, but they created a custom landing page, uh, like a call for startups tackling global warming. Uh, and they were just uh, talking about some crazy, crazy stuff, but YC attracts crazy smart founders. So it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of wondering uh, um, this has been on my mind a little bit. So I've been asking the question, you know, the last couple of guests, if there is a company that, uh, or let's say more so a set of founders, like two or three founders that are impressive and they are, have built a product and let's say they're getting good traction, um, but they don't have access to pools of capital in San Francisco, or let's say they, they, they can't get into YC or Launcher or whatever. Um, how, how do you think about access to opportunity when someone may not may not have it like they could live in israel they could live in phoenix uh it's something that's been on my mind i'm wondering if you have any thoughts on it um i think that's a tough question to answer i think access to capital um can make or break a company depending on where the company is um you know we were really fortunate to have gotten into yc right out of college and then um you know, the whole thing about YC is that they allow you to level the playing field a little bit for people who come out of the Bay, um, you know, spending three months in the Bay and then giving access to all the network. Um, it just boosts you almost instantly. Um, I do know of one of my really good friends who it was actually the reason I got into entrepreneurship in the first place. So it was freshman year, you know, it's like the first semester of school. Uh, and we had this class, uh, I think it was introduction to entrepreneurship. And he was a TA there, right? So uh, he was just like this really um, happy, happy-go-lucky fella who's just excited all the time. Um, and I stayed in touch with him. And so recently he just uh, raced his pre-seed round. Um, so he's never been to the Bay before this. He just decided to pack his bags, move there for as long as it needed. Um, and I think two months later, he's raised how much ever he wanted to. So um, it's definitely doable. Uh, I think... It, I, I do think that it does come down to network a lot. Having networks uh, built out does make it a lot easier, um, but it's possible. Definitely. Uh, well, we got to get that that friend, the founder friend, onto the podcast. My goal is to interview all these all these like early ish founders. Uh, you know, before they have massive success, so I can say I I talked to them before all of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll connect you. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. So a, a couple more questions for you. So uh, you've been working on this company. You had a little bit of a, of a pivot. 
Uh, I'd love to chat about that for a second. How did you, what did you pivot, what did you pivot from? And how did you know it was the right time to pivot? How did you pivot? I'd love to just learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I think pivoting is just an interesting topic. It, it can be really, really stressful while going through it, but I think coming out of it, usually um, you do feel a lot better. So previously we were working on Flare Agents, which is the automation software for real estate agents. Um, the goal was we would sell software to agents and brokerages that would automate their workflows. So they wouldn't have to spend as much time managing transactions. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it was a fairly successful platform um, and we had been building it for two years. So um, Rashid, my co-founder and I, we knew that we worked really well together with each other. Um, but as we graduated college, two weeks into YC, we realized that we weren't going to hit the level of growth um, that we had wanted to by the end of uh, the program. Um, you know, there's a bunch of reasons um, ranging from the... Um, the, the target customer was a lot smaller than we had initially anticipated um, and agents have a high turnover rate, which means that they don't usually stay uh, as an agent for uh, more than five years. I think 80% of them do drop out within them. Um, so there's a lot of factors. Um, and you know, I do attribute a lot of the pivot to our partners at YC where they uh, helped us think about where we could move into. Um, so that big focus is on uh, founder market fit. So where your strengths lie and where you can um, make the largest impact. Um, and I think the piece of advice that stuck with us the most was um, we were kind of uh, wondering if we should stay in real estate or we should kind of move out of real estate. But, um, you know, they advised us that we just have that fresh perspective of being in the industry for long enough to know exactly how it works, um, but not long enough to be bogged down by the traditional processes. So we could still be innovative. Um, so we, we saw the truth in that and we decided to move to Hatsi. That's, uh, that's interesting and, and insightful to know. That brings me to a follow-up question. Uh, oftentimes, it's almost very popularized saying the idea doesn't matter. It's all about execution. And then at, as a counterpoint, uh, I don't it might someone from the Bay Area who's very smart, who I just don't remember, was like, oh, no, ideas actually matter a little bit. Like, they, they matter a little bit. And you had to, you had to, a little bit meaning like that's like substantial in that way. You had to change ideas and not to like look at sift through all these different ideas to then pick which one you're going to pick do you or decide which one you're going to pick How, do you have a did you have a framework for thinking through what ideas were worth working on and what ideas weren't worth working on so what was really interesting is at the start of yc so yc has dinners uh every other week where they bring in a guest speaker um and so we were fortunate enough to have the uh, airbnb founders come in and chat um and a big point that they were making was how tech is changing right and before you know with the 70s 80s and 90s the assumption was build a tech company you will automatically be um, providing net positive impact on the society, right? But that's changing right now where we see with um, a lot of big tech companies where um, it's not that simple. It's a lot more complicated than that. You have to actively do good to the world. Um, and that becomes a lot easier when you in, uh, uh, align your incentives with uh, doing good to the world as you grow, right? So when the mission of your company is, you know, I'm going to become big and I'm going to help a lot of people, that makes the most sense. Right. So, um, you know, for us personally, we always wanted to work with home buyers at the end of the day. Um, as college students, we just didn't know how. We had contact with brokerages and agents because um, Rasha had worked with brokerages uh, in high school as a web developer. Um, so that's just kind of where we began. 
But when, you know, YC was like, look, pivoting is okay. It's good to use the knowledge that you have and attack a new problem in a new way. We were like, that actually makes sense. It's something that we've always wanted to do. So we should definitely do it. Got it. I, I, I like that a lot. Uh, when you were building Hutsi, or I guess Flare, Flare Agent in, in college, uh, what are some things that you've learned along the way, maybe after you graduated, that you can give to a college student listening now that's building their, that, that's building their company that maybe you can help them avoid a mistake that you, that you maybe made? Like, what's, what's some tips for young founders in college at the moment? Yeah, um, that's a very good question. I haven't spent too much time thinking about it. Maybe I can just kind of think as I talk it out. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. Yeah, so I definitely spent the start of my journey, you know, listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, How I Built This was one that I really enjoyed earlier on. Um, I think just listening to founder stories uh, can work a little bit. I think, you know, definitely getting too deep into it doesn't really help because um, at the end of the day, um, what a founder might pitch is not entirely what happens, right? There's always kind of um, a marketing fluff to it or kind of the consumer facing version of it. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, the process can be challenging. Um, I think I will definitely put right at the top, like having a good founder. Um, uh, at least for me, I know that I couldn't really do a startup if it weren't with another founder as, as a co-founder. Um, and I'm really fortunate to have met Rashid uh, early in my college journey and he's been just super supportive of everything. Um, so, you know, having a good support system is really, really good. Um, I think at the end of the day, for me, it's just, um, I guess NYU is also interesting because, you know, we don't really have a true college campus. Uh, the way NYU pitches itself is that you're just kind of, the city is your campus. So we didn't really have boundaries with the city, which means that we were forced to interact with the city. Um, so we tried to take as much um, opportunity from it as possible. So be it meeting investors or talking to other founders or um, just, you know, for us with uh, agents, just going and talking to agents and trying to figure out like what their pain points were, right? So um, it was definitely an interesting uh, line of um, circumstances that led to where I am today. Um, I'm cognizant of that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. Uh, so let's go back to Hutsi for a second. You're, you're building this company. You're, you're moving quickly. Uh, I'm curious, 10 years from now or two, two decades from now, what does Hutsi look like? Uh, what, what features does it have? What impact does it have on the world? Yeah, so I, we think a lot about that. And I think it just comes down to... Um, Having a home is just so ingrained in the way that we were raised. It, you know, it's part of the American dream. Um, it's the idea that you have a stable place to stay. Um, I think there's a lot of psychological aspects to it as well, where you know that you're safe, comfortable in a place, uh, a place that you can call home. Um, you know, it, it could involve family, it could involve friends. Um, I do think that that dream uh, is changing a lot now or it's being forced to change just because real estate prices are going up a lot. So I think for us, uh, the goal is to house everyone um, that we can and get everyone to find a home that they uh, enjoy staying in. Uh, we do have a lot of um, 
you know, social issues on our mind as well. Like how do we deal with homelessness in uh, urban environments like New York and uh, SF, it's a huge problem. Um, and a lot of people aren't really doing anything about it. And, you know, who better to try to deal with it than a real estate startup, <laughs> right? So um, all of these parallel issues as well, I think the goal would be to uh, address them head on. And it's a serious issue. And I think, um, you know, with the right people thinking about it, uh, for a long enough time, I think it could be addressed. 100%. My last question for you is, you know, you have had quite a journey so far and uh, you have a long journey ahead of you, which is the beauty of entrepreneurship. For someone listening to this and they have an idea in their head, they, they see a big problem in the world and, and they want to solve it, uh, but don't necessarily know the first step on how to do it. What advice would you have for anyone, any age, uh, to, to get started on their entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, so I love pushing people to try to commit to the things that you know they they dream about. I think um, you know the beginning is all about action. So speaking to one person about your idea, speaking to a couple of people, um, you know, usually start, I, I started with my mom. Um, a lot of people start with friends and family. I then went to my roommates um, and then uh, I managed to find Rashid and then we decided to speak to customers, right? It's just the idea of constantly pitching the idea as it gets reformed, as it gets more refined. And you get to the point where you're like, hey, I actually think that this is something that fixes the problem that exists, right? And then, you know, as you try to build Build something out as you try to uh, prototype stuff, put it in users' hands, see how they react. You're also learning a lot more about the problem in ways that you just wouldn't any other way, right? So, uh, so I, I guess like even over the past two years, right? Like I've just learned so much about real estate that I wouldn't have imagined. Um, and a lot of it is really, really useful information, right? Like how do I get a mortgage? How do I find an agent? How do I look for a home? Like what is home ownership? Like all of these things are things that. Uh, people deal with on a, a daily basis and uh, it's part of our lifestyle, but this information is not as transparent as it could be, right? So um, I think even thinking about entrepreneurship as a journey to learn more about a certain problem um, is, is kind of the, uh, is a cool thing to do. That's a great way to round it out. I guess the, to, to, to finish it off, where can they learn more about you online? Where can the listeners find your company online? How can they find you? Yeah, so our website is hutsy.co, H-U-T-S-Y.co. Um, and on social media, we're Hutsy Homes. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram. Um, and yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We did a deep dive into real estate tech, and we went all over the place, all things that I, I thoroughly, thoroughly learned from. So thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. <laughs>